Shalom. I want to share with you another shtikl Torah about Purim this week. And to lead up to this fundamental concept that I want to share with you, we'll start off with a couple of questions. A very simple question is, have you ever thought of the rationale and the logic for why Chazal decided to call this holiday that's coming up Purim? So you may answer me, yeah, I've thought about it. And the Megillah says, why? Al Shema Pulsh, that Haman did the lottery of to know when to try to get rid of the Jewish people, and it and it came out on on uh, in Adar, and that's called a pool. So that's why it's called Purim. But the question remains: So what? There were many things in the Megillah. There was also a horse. So why don't we call this holiday a horse? There is something intrinsic about the idea of that Haman did a lottery and it fell on Adar, and that is the reason we call Purim Purim. So what is that idea? Question number two, as we all know, Hashem's name is not revealed in the Megillah. It is hinted to, it's Merumaz, in the word Melech, that the, the word Melech, Melech appears many times. But why is that? Why, why is Hashem's name missing in the Megillah? Question number three is, we all know the famous Gemara, Kimu Vekiblu, that Bnei Israel re-accepted the Torah on a different level, on an upgraded level, out of love. Why? Chazal teach us, because out of the love of the miracles they saw in Purim. And the question begs itself, what happened to the miracles of the splitting of the sea? Isn't And, and all the miracles they witnessed in uh, Egypt, that wasn't good enough? So why are we saying that it's only out of the love of the miracles they saw in Purim that they decided to accept the Torah out of love? Another question I want to share with you is the following. It seems like only in Purim we have this mitzvah to read the Megillah, not only, if you want, not only once, but twice, at night and in the morning. How come the same, the same wasn't defined to be as such also in Hanukkah? So to answer all these questions, we'll start with this. Amalek we know, which Haman came from Zera Amalek, represents chance, that there's nothing that's really coming from HaKadosh Bochu, from Hashem, but everything is just, by chance things happen, maybe there's according to them, different powers in the world and mazalot and everything but it's not HaKadosh Bochu running in the world everything is just evolution, nature, whatever it is and that's why also Amalek in Gematria, which is 240 you can check it out yourself, is the same as Safek, Safek literally means Doubts. We don't know why anything's happening. It's just happening. It doesn't really have a reason to it. And the epitome of that idea is to have a lottery, and based on the lottery, lottery decide what to do. And that was Haman's agenda. He wanted to show off that everything's a, cha- a matter of chance, and there's different energies, energies in the world, or whatever it is. And based on that, he ran the lottery. But Akadish Bulchu threw out. The episodes in the Megillah is showing us, no, there isn't such a thing as chance. Even even the lottery that Haman himself set set up, even that is really HaKadosh Bulchu behind the scenes ensuring that it falls on Adar. Because Adar is the... We know Adar represents the good muzzle for Bnei Israel because Moshe Rabbeinu was born on Adar. And everything was orchestrated to be as such. Everything in the Megillah. The idea that 
even though Haman's agenda was to tell the king to kill Vashti, because his hidden agenda was to have his daughter become queen, but really it backfired on him, based on what Akashibor orchestrated, and who became the queen, Esther, why? To set up the stage for what needed to happen later. As well, Haman planned to hang Mordechai on the, on the tree, and of course, who got hung at the end? Haman. Haman wanted to kill the Jewish people, and at the end, that backfired on him, and what happened? The Jews killed all the enemies, all their enemies. And, same goes with the episode of the horse, that Haman was thinking that Achashvosh told him, what do you think I should do to the person that did something very good to the king? So Haman Tari is talking about him, but at the end of the day he was talking about Mordechai, and Mordechai got to be on the, on the special horse, that's the king's horse, etc. But you see from all these things that everything is orchestrated by a Kaddish Bohu, even throughout nature, whereas the person looks around, you would think that it's all natural, Everything's based on nature and it's just happening. And so too in the Megillah, if you take every episode that we just discussed as a separate unit, you'll think, yeah, that's normal. If you see headlines like that in the newspaper, you'll say, that's normal. But once you zoom out and you see the Megillah from beginning to end, you realize that everything came from a Kodesh Bokhu. The Gold Mivilna brings a marshal to this about a person, a king that had a son that didn't go in the way of his father and the king got really upset at him so he threw him to the forest but he was very worried for him he really loved him and cared for him so he got one of his servants to protect him he said go hide in the forest and I want you to protect my son but make sure you're hidden away from him and he doesn't know where you are but you have to protect him and the bear came and he fought the bear away and the, and the son saw a bear come and suddenly somehow he was trapped. He didn't understand what was going on. Then another person came there that he hated that son and he tried to fight with him and the other, and the servant somehow did something to, to, to get him, to chase him away. And then the kid realized, wait a second, it cannot be a coincidence that this is happening. Obviously, someone's orchestrating this. This must be my father. And then he realized how much his father loved him and he came back to, to his father, the king, and, and apologized. So too, that's what's happening with Bnei Yisrael. The Shbuchu put us in this situation, but really Hashem is always ensuring and taking care of us, even within nature. With having that in mind, we're really answering all the questions we raised. Why? Because Purim is called Purim because that is the essence of the Chag. It's not a sideline issue. The fact that the lottery fell on Adar was all part of the whole scheme of HaKadosh Bohu. And it's showing you that Purim, the idea of Purim, is that in anything, in everything, in anything, we have to be able to see Hashem, because it is HaKadosh Bohu orchestrating everything. And even though, as we discussed in earlier Divrei Torah, there's an optical illusion that we may think things look a certain way, and it's just evolution, it's just nature, but that's nourishkeit, that's not the truth. The truth is HaKadosh Bohu is running the show, and doing everything for the for the best, and that's what Purim is all about. That's why Hashem's name is not shown in the Megillah because it's telling us this idea. You, it won't be spelt out that it's Hashem, but when you when you use your basic logic and look around you and look at all the events that are happening, you realize it's all coming from Hashem. That's what Bnei Israel saw. And that's why they loved the miracles of Purim more than any other miracle, because they knew that the era of miracles, as Chazal tells us, the era of miracles happening 
obvious miracles, that has been finished. On Hanukkah, it was an open, very obvious miracle. Not in the ways of nature. But from then on, everything, all the miracles are within nature. Just like Purim was the first. But the way to see it is only if you look through and you see from the first episode to the end. And that's why it's so important. Chazal implemented for us to read the Megillah. Because the Megillah you have to read from beginning to end. And you see all the episodes together. You see how HaKadosh Baruch orchestrated the whole, the whole show. Through this, we also gain understanding why there's an idea of dressing up on Purim. Because by dressing up, we're showing that also HaKadosh Baruch Hu's dressed up within nature is the way it seems. Nature, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is hidden behind nature. But it's really HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So too, we dress up. And so too, perhaps, is the idea of the Hamantash and eating the Ozanaman. Because whatever is inside the Ozanaman is also, it's hidden. And the idea of drinking, Adeloyada is also related to this. Because if we drink, instead of always trying to give some rational logic to why things are happening within nature, within science, we have to stop doing that. We have to realize that it's all coming from Hashem. What we see is, is, ju- is <laughs> it's, ju- it's just a mask. It's not really what's happening. It's not really... It's, it's a way HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings it out. But it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we can't and it's only a mask. I want to end with a story that I think I said around nine months ago. But first of all, some people have joined the, the Divrit Torah distribution list. And second of all, more importantly, I think it's fair game to say the story again because I'm using it for a different nimshal. So the story is the same, but the nimshal is different. What we learn from the story will be different. So it was a couple of years ago, I think a year and a half ago, this story actually happened, where it was it was a three-day Yom Tov, I think, meaning it was Shabbos and right after Pesach. And a lot of people go to their families, so a lot of people went from Yerushalayim to Bnei Brak. And people in Bnei Brak had the Seder and everything, and as they're waiting in their bus stops, it's taking forever. I guess everything was loaded. There's a lot of load on the bus system, and there weren't enough drivers, and it was just... A catastrophe. People were waiting bus stops for like for hours. So a lot of these people were waiting ready for two hours, and they get really got anxious and upset. There's old people, young people, babies crying. Finally, finally, they see from afar a bus approaching. As it gets closer and closer, they realize the number is not the number they're waiting for two hours for. It's not the bus going to Yerushalayim, but it's the bus going to Petah Tikva. So they're really getting upset. They're banging on the bus and they're pleading with the bus driver, please, please, have Rahmanus, have mercy on us. Please change the bus and redirect it from going to Petah Tikva to, go, to going to Yerushalayim. And after begging and pleading, finally the bus driver agrees. He changes the number and, and also the, changes it from Petah Tikva to Yerushalayim. And uh, everyone is so happy. They're clapping hands. The Sephardim on the bus that went up gave him a Mishabach. They were blessing him. And so the bus starts driving towards Yerushalayim. So one person on the bus waited until they were almost reached their destination. And as they approach Yerushalayim, he comes up to the bus driver and tells him, i got to ask you this. How, how are you able to do such a thing? Aren't you worried? How do you have the courage to do this? Aren't you worried you're going to get fired? And is it right what you did? <laughs> it's very nice of you that you actually did this for us, but why would you do such a thing? So the bus driver answered him, listen, 
in all honesty, I'll tell you the truth. We were all in the station, and we all knew that there weren't enough drivers, and there was a lot of load on the system. And it's been already two hours that people are waiting for the bus in Bnei Brak, and everyone was worried. They said, I'm not willing to drive to Bnei Brak. They're going to curse me out. I'm too scared. There's no way I'm going there. But I had an idea. I said, you know what? I'll make them think that I'm going to Petah Tikva. I'll change at the last second because of their begging me to change, and they'll be so happy. Instead of getting curses, I'll get blessings. And indeed, that's what happened. Smart move by the bus driver. But what are we learning from this story? Last time, we spoke about a different idea that we can learn from the story, about how we always have to be positive and realize everything's coming from Hashem. But over here, it's more than that. The nimshal is that the bus driver is like a Kodesh Bohu. Everything's an optical illusion. It looks like this happened because we did this, this happened. Everything's orchestrated by Hashem. And if we realize that, that'll upgrade our whole life. And that's the whole idea about Purim. That within the nature we have to find Hashem. Because that's the Hashgacha that our Kodesh Buchu works with us in this generation. And that's why only on Purim we have this idea it's for all generations. You don't find that in other, in other holidays like Pesach. Why? Because Pesach was a different type of miracle. And this is a Nesni style because it's within Teva, hidden. That's the whole idea of why Megillus Esther is called Esther because Esther is also from Lishon Nistal, as the Gemara in Hulin says. Yiratzon that will take this idea and will have the ability to always find the Kadesh Bufu within nature. Good Shabbos and Frelich and Paul.